prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Legend of Retro podcast. My name is Xander, and with me today is the rest of the High Council, Craig WK. Indeed, I am here. The Glitch. Praise to the Council. And last but not least, Chops. No one shall disobey the Council. Dissidents will be killed. And we, if uh, if you aren't in our Discord, you might be confused as to why we are suddenly the High Council. <laughs> we have uh, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> a retro gaming cult. And we are known as the High Council. <laughs> um, so we've been doing a uh, community playthrough. Um, we started with Earthbound uh, back in October, and we just recently did Star Ocean. And as we put out the decrees of the checkpoints every week, we call ourselves the High Council. And anybody involved in uh, basically planning the community playthrough is part of the High Council. And they send out those messages every week. And since we are covering Star Ocean today, figured we introduce ourselves as the high council we work in the shadows mostly um and it's not very good benefits honestly we need to we need to rework some of this uh logistical stuff unionize <laughs> the shadows are mostly because we're poor and can't afford electricity but right. uh, <laughs> yeah we work out of um the back of a chinese restaurant uh, in the alley mm-hmm. food's good the place <laughs> you know, yeah, you know great <laughs> yeah smells good, good rent is great the the utilities are they just leave you wanting anyway uh so yeah this week we are talking about star ocean slash star ocean first departure slash star ocean first departure r for the snes psp and uh nintendo switch slash ps4 or whatever current gen systems respectively also called um star ocean fantastic space odyssey I was really hoping you were going to say Fantastic Voyage. No. No, there was a... Uh, yeah, I'll get into it in a minute. You guys can go, keep going. <laughs> Fair enough. Craig, do uh, you want to tell us a little bit about Star Ocean? Yeah, so it was released by Triace uh, for Enix on the Super Famicom on July 19th, 1996. This action RPG stars a young man named Roddick who must journey across time and space with extraterrestrials in order to save his planet from a horrible disease and it never came to america in its original incarnation Hmm. yeah and the the reason why i said fantastic space odyssey is because uh the game was unofficially translated into english by uh djap translations and they created a patch for the game to make it in english via an emulation and they called it star ocean fantastic space odyssey which i feel like spoils the game right the name right Uh, there well, the, I mean, Star Ocean itself kind of. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, it sounds pretty space like, right? I don't know, because they refer to the sky at night as a star ocean in the game. So mm-hmm. so I didn't think of it. I didn't think this was anything to do with space, honestly, in my head until I started playing it. And then that space aspect came about. Honestly, but, any any RPGs that came out in the 90s that have weird names like this, I just assume like, oh, that sounds cool. Let's make it an RPG title. Yeah, right. Exactly. It means nothing. Yeah. So I don't really think it's that much of a spoiler. But yeah. uh, how did we how did we come across this as our, our community playthrough this time? So we did a voting, right? We all we, each of us picked a game. We had the community vote and this was Chopstick. 
Yeah, uh, this is a game that I've been wanting to play because it, it, I've heard good things about it, and Matrick in our Discord had brought it up um, previously, and uh, and it, it just also didn't seem like a game I would get through of my own volition. Mm-hmm. Um, That's totally fair. So I, I put it up for vote, thinking that nobody would pick it, <laughs> and then everybody picked it. <laughs> And then I so found myself a- trying to make checkpoints for a game I didn't know anything about. Uh. Now, I, I noticed in our list of games to cover, Chops, did you play a Star Ocean game previously? No, this is the first one I've ever played. Oh, no, wait, wait. No, I played I played the PS2 one. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, I, I was going to say, because I saw one on there. I didn't know whose yeah. that was. I thought maybe that was yours. Um, I played the PlayStation this- 2 did all of us play the Switch version for this community playthrough? I did. Yeah, I did too. Okay, that's what I thought. Which which is essentially you... the PSP version, which came out in 2008. And that was ported by Tos. Tosi? Did I pronounce that right? Did anyone see? Tos? Uh, yeah, I don't know about? how you say it. T-O-S-E? I believe it's pronounced Tose. Tose? Which was a very interesting company to look up because they're basically like a ghost developer. Like they port and and develop all these games for Nintendo, but they never credit themselves. Like it's their thing. That's weird. So mm. like they've done like a lot of the Final Fantasy games on the Game Boy Advance. They ported they ported Breath of the Wild to the Switch. Like they've done like a ton of stuff, but they never credit themselves. It's like their company policy. Like they don't credit their employees, which is kind of strange. Hmm. That's, That's weird. Strange. But I guess it can well, consists- also. So I was going to say the Triace, I guess it consisted a lot of the team from Tales of Fantasia. Did any of you guys catch that? Yeah. Yeah. It looked like that they were all like disgruntled employees uh, of that game. (laughs) It's very reminiscent to a Tales game. So I'm not surprised in the least after finding that out. So this will be kind of an interesting experiment for the show as well, because this is the first time that we have all played the game and experience it for the first time it's almost like an in-depth retro relapse but we actually played the entire game <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's kind of cool so we're going forward if it's a game that we haven't covered on the show our community play games will probably be an episode uh, at some point and we tried to record this sooner rather than later so it's fresh in our minds but um it i will say yeah xander it's um it's definitely different because I feel like a lot of times we're playing off of nostalgia and memory on games because we don't always have time to play them. Um, mm-hmm. So it's weird, one, to have this game so fresh in my mind, and two, playing it on the Switch and talking about it on the show because I'm not used to playing retro games for the Switch so in-depth other than uh, relapses because of the SNES Online and NES Online. Right. Yeah. So let's go ahead and talk a bit about the general information of the game before we get into any major spoilers, because we're going to have a lot of spoilers in this episode since we're going to cover, you know, the entirety of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But let's just talk a little bit about, you know, the basics, fundamentals to see if anyone's interested and they want to, you know, pause when we start chatting spoilers. Uh, So it's not a turn-based RPG, like almost all Japanese RPGs from that era were. It's an action RPG, like the battle starts and it's kind of a top-down view, sort of. And uh, you sort of 
I mean, at least in my experience, you smash the A button and you run around and hit the enemies and then it's, the battle's pretty much over. Um, unless yeah, you're so a spellcaster, which you have like a action bar cooldown between spells. Yeah, there is, uh, before you go into the battle, in the settings, or the menu, I should say, you can set up tactics. So you can tell certain characters, attack with everything you've got, or protect your friends, or whatever. You can kind of predict how they will how they will act, um, but every character is a little bit different. And you choose a leader, and that, that leader character is who you control in the battle, and you can run around, you can use items, you can use spells, you can, you can act however you want. But everybody else is kind of uh, scripted as to what they're going to do. I didn't play around with this too much. I pretty much just like let the game do as, as it wanted to. And uh, I feel like I suffered because of it. <laughs> I honestly, Xander, uh, I played around with the tactics and I didn't notice a giant difference, really. Like I for a while, I was trying to set it up so that, you know, I'd have a computer protect a spellcaster. And I was like, you know, protect your friends. I'd click that. And they would fight just the same way. Like, hmm. there is almost no change. Even when I put it to, like, save uh, MP, I still feel like they were throwing around abilities left and right. And it was like, well, is it doing anything? This is, like, the third version of this game. How have they not changed this? Yeah, yeah that's that's the, another thing we should make note of going forward is that, it, like we said, there was Star Ocean, Star Ocean First Departure in 2008, and Star Ocean First Departure R. So this is technically the third version of the game that we all experienced. Yeah, and there's definitely differences between the versions. But, uh, Craig, I did the same thing. Like, I set two of my characters to use no MP or less MP or whatever it's called, and they were still using more than they were earning back at the end of the battle. The only mm -hmm. tactic I changed other than that at one point was uh, the formation. I wanted it so that my my healer was behind everyone instead of all lined up, you know, shoulder to shoulder, like the game kind of set you up to begin with. Yeah, I did the, the same thing as well. That, that That's the only thing I think that had a slight impact. But even then, I, did it really change it that much? Right. Uh, really. I um, <clears throat> for me, I. I use in the beginning, I told them like no abilities because they would just run out of MP. And I was like, okay, I, I need you guys to like at least have something for a boss fight. And then once I started getting levels and like MP didn't really matter, I just put it on, on like use everything you got for everybody. And it just made the battle super quick. And I mostly was the one who used items who to revive people when I didn't have the revive until later in the game. Um, and it was just, how can I kill things faster than the spellcaster? Because some of the spells just take forever to cast their animations. Yeah, to kind of point on that, so uh, I'm assuming we we all use different characters because in this game you can pick up different characters, but did any of you guys ever try Ronix in your uh, team? When I, when I first got him in the party, yes. Okay, his spells take forever. Like, he slows down the game so much. The same can be said of uh, Eris and Yashua, their higher level spells. Um, like Stone Rain, which is basically like a whole bunch of meteors falling to the ground. Or um, there was like another one of like Phone Wind or their Ice One. Um, it just, yeah, like... I know what it's going to do already. Like, can I skip these animations? You know, I, I, uh, I had done nothing but melee characters and a healer. Uh, so I 
only at one point in the game that I have anybody casting offensive magic. And yeah, I mean, the healing spells were a little obnoxious after a while too, of course. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a lot smoother, but even then, I don't know. It was a little on the redundant side. Uh, but, uh, uh Xander, what were you going to say? I was just going to say before we dive too deep into like different characters, uh, I feel like we didn't really touch on what the basis of the story for this game is. And that might kind of lead us more into uh, talking about specific characters and how they act. Um, so to start off this game, you are a, a tag or a, a tag team of three uh, town protectors, uh, Roddick, Millie and Dorn, uh, who are just protecting their town from what was it? Just like invaders or uh, bandits, I think bandits. bandits yeah. Yes. And then you quickly like Millie's dad goes off because he hears that a, lo- a local village is, is suffering some illness and he wants to check it out. And it's basically turning people to stone indefinitely. And your buddy Dorn comes in contact with it. And then he eventually gets he you find out he's infected. And as you're trying to find a cure, these aliens come down, if you will. They're, they're, they're humans. They're from Earth. And they're like, hey, we uh, we've been watching you guys and it sucks that this is happening to you. We're not supposed to engage with you guys so that you guys can just keep living your life. But there's a whole whole just race of, of people, and uh, we're going to take you so that we can figure out what's happening, and you'll never be able to see your friends and family ever, ever again. Sorry about it. Come with us. Yeah, the stakes in the beginning are, like, dramatic to me. Like, it, when they're like, yeah, you'll... Sorry, once you come with us, you can never come back. And I'm like, man, that's deep. That's, that's heavy. Like, I feel like these characters should be reacting more. And then, spoiler alert, they they do come back yeah <laughs> so those stakes were useless um it's, uh, it's crazy to me that okay and and so uh i i don't want to be negative i try my best to find the, the beauty in all games but i'm gonna be kind of negative in this episode i i felt like it was a star trek plot that they didn't know what to do with. But am I wrong? Like, is that yeah. pretty much it? Yeah, uh, it felt. Which Star Trek? Shut up, chaps. I mean, they even <laughs> felt in that Star Trek was an influence in making this game. But even as I read that, I was like, but what? Them being in space? That was the influence? <laughs> yeah, it felt pretty tacked on. Like, the whole the at the beginning it, it made you seem like it was gonna it was gonna be like this expansive thing like you were gonna go from planet to planet looking for a cure and then surprise you're not doing interplanetary travel you're doing time travel so it's a, it's a lot of i feel like that a lot of this game was bait and switch as far as the story was concerned like hey we're gonna take you out to space so you can be part of this this federation that's gonna find like they bring out warring factions and how they've created the disease but then they did it from taking the, the DNA from a person from way back in the past. And you need to get that same DNA to make your antidote. So you end up going back in the past, which doesn't really feel like the past. It feels like you were as the game started, but you yeah. are still somehow in the past. Yeah. And but, then later on, you go to a different planet. It's it was really it seemed like they were doing that all for whenever it was the most convenient. Yeah, the the when the game first started. I thought I was like, oh, wow, it's it's interesting. Like, you know, we're going into space. You know, you're taking these kind of like, you know, more primitive people there in a medieval setting and forcing them into like, you know, interesting scenarios. And it was kind of neat. You know, they'd be like, what's this? And they'd be like, this is a button that opens this door. And it was like, wow. You know, and it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. 
And then it, you know, cuts to them going back in time. And I'm like, wait, I played this game because it wasn't just another medieval fantasy where you hunt down the demon Lord. And now I've gone back in time to hunt down the demon Lord. Oh, son of oh, God. Like why? Like it's the same thing. It's, it's, <laughs> The same thing as like Dragon Quest in an action setting with just a a, a 180 end that cha- finally mixes it up and gives you a bit of sci-fi. But at that point, it's too little too late. Yeah, I felt like the, the story wanted for twists for twists sake. Um, when like the plot develops and it's like, oh, well, actually, the Demon Lord is actually someone from this other planet who accidentally got transported here because of science. And then everybody else is trying to get there, too. So the people who showed up later to get his DNA were actually with him originally. And then it's just like, so then... But then they were also f- all from Earth, maybe? <laughs> I, d- I was so confused by the end of this game on the plot, and it, it was disappointing. Yeah, it's uh, it seemed like they were writing, like, oh, this is going to be a really good idea for a game. We should we should definitely put this in. And they kept going, and they just completely forgot about those things that they thought were so cool and just kept going back with what they knew. I feel like the game would have been vastly improved if the either the trip back in time was changed completely. I I feel like they didn't need that to be a big plot point, but even if they wanted that to be in there, I feel like it could have been better if it wasn't such a long part of the game. There's, there's so much of this game is just you trying to track down this demon Lord arc fiend, whatever they, the translation is, you know, and uh, you know, you, you get through this game and you meet all these friends back in time and it just feels so tacked on by the finale where it's like, oh, hey, all our friends from back in time are back. And they're like, yeah. And it's like, you guys don't want to ask questions why we're traveling through time and fighting space aliens. And they're like, no. And it's like, well, let's go then. Yeah, the game focused on on the four main what felt like the four main characters. You had Roddick and Millie, uh, who are your two starting people who didn't get the disease. And then there's Ronix and Ilya, who are your your Star Trek, you know, your Starfleet people who are, are getting you involved with interplanetary slash time travel. And then you meet other people along the way. You meet Seas, uh, Fia, uh, Tanik. Uh, was it Yash? Is it Yashua? Is that how you pronounce it? Is it like I O U S? It's like Joshua with an I. Yeah. Joshua. They changed all the names too, which is kind of strange from the original because it's supposed to be Joshua in the original. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw that it was like Rodix as Radix and something like mm-hmm. that. It's 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 very minute changes, yeah, but the they're names changing. Pretty much changed, yeah. Except Ashley. Yeah. So the so the only characters that are like impertinent to the story are Rodic, Millie, Ilya, and Ronix. And everybody else is just like fluff. And they feel that way. Yeah, they don't feel substantial. And 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 you're like, even with the idea of you're supposed to go back in time and get this sample of this demon and, and to cure everybody, that's kind of like pushed aside until you find Millie. Because like you're, that's your first thing is like, oh, oh, man, we got split up. We have to find Millie first. 
and then then mm-hmm. we can continue the quest into finding the genes. But then, it, but then, like all these people show up, and there's like, yeah, I'll tag along. Oh, I was a war vet. I lost my arm, but I'm still good with a sword. And then I'm a cat lady, and like, yeah, it didn't. <laughs> the, the connective tissue between like motivation for following the characters just wasn't there. Yeah, the only one that really kind of felt organic to me was Cius and Fia. Like CS, you just you come across, you're like, hey, he's taking the job and it's going to help us get to from point A to point B. Cool. Let's run with him. And then Fia is like his lover slash someone he grew up with in the military. Oh, so it's I, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're I think that's his sister. I don't think it's a sister. No, she is. She has affection for him. Oh, I thought yeah, it was I, sister. No, <laughs> I think it was a completely different thing. Um, but yeah, so they, they felt like they had some sort of tie in. And I guess uh, whatever the guy. Like so I'll I'll say now my team, aside from the, the four main characters, were CS Fia, uh, Parisi and Tanique mm-hmm. and everybody else, all the different mages and whatnot that you get, because it depending on which path you take, you get different characters. You say so those are the characters I took. I yeah, Parisi. Parisi. Because that's what I thought, too, until I looked at the like the pronunciation and the like the original name. It's 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 pronounced differently. Oh, good. So yeah, Parisi, so which I didn't use. I used Parisi. I got Parisi in my party simply because she could summon Bunny who would bypass random battles on the world map. That's the only reason I got her. <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, what what teammates did you guys take? So I did Cius, uh, Fia, Parisi, and Welch. I wanted to grab Welch because... So I tried my best not to look up anything about this game, which looking back, maybe I should have because there's a lot that's then we'll get more into skills and all that stuff in a little bit but uh the only thing i looked up was the recruitment and by the time i realized what kind of the lore story method was uh, by picking up cs you kind of miss out on that um so i just got welch because i read that she had like really funny dialogue in the private action so i wanted to see and she didn't let me down at all she was great what about you guys uh, for me uh, i i used uh Roddick, Ilya yashua and eris and i used a guide throughout the whole game because i I had to know what was up ahead anyways Uh, when i planned the checkpoints with matrick who was a huge help so thank you to him um and so like at that point i was just like i'm just gonna follow the guide because because of the confusing character recruitment i just want to know that what the specifics are in case anyone had any questions or to kind of help prepare for any missable things so i followed a guide all the way through and, and planned out my party pretty much in the beginning of the game so what four people did you pick up total uh I, I, my main team was Roddick, Ilya, eris and yashua right and i picked what- up also what's it I was going to say, so, but the, so like, yeah, there was the four main characters, like Xander said, but you could pick up to four people throughout the game, four or five, depending on the story. Yeah. And, and, oh, sorry. So I picked up Ashley and I picked up, um, Parici or okay. Parisi, however you say your name is. Greg? I got, uh, uh, CS because like Xander said, it just seemed like it fits so well. He's just like, Hey, let me help you. And it's like, well, okay, sure. And he joins your team for a bit. Anyway, it felt weird just being like, all right, see ya after you like, you know, fight with this dude. Uh, and then I kind of wish I had got rid of him because apparently him being in your team means that you won't be able to finish the, uh, Yashua 
storyline. I got him, mm-hmm. uh, Parisi, and then Mavel, Ma- uh, Mavel or whatever her name Mavel. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it was annoying because, uh, like, and, uh, you know, I, I get that, I guess, it adds some replayability, but it was frustrating because at the end of the game, it was just like, wait, so Yashua doesn't get closure for his, like, sister's side story? And then, like, there's this cryptic ending where, like, the girl that, Spoilers. you know, he was super suspicious what? Spoiler, this is, I guess this You're is the spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, okay. You the whole episode is a spoiler alert. Uh, you gave a spoiler alert like 10 minutes ago. It's true. Okay. We did. Actually, that's true. We did. I thought maybe we were going to give I, another it's like, section. Sorry. I understand <laughs> that Chops has no memory. Him calling me out makes complete sense. Glitch, you're better than this. All right. Let's apologies. just hope that this isn't anybody's first episode of The Legend of Retro. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we gave him the spoiler warning. I warned him at the start that we were spoiling no, everything. I'm, I am 100% choose, with you, Craig. <laughs> if we choose the wrong players or the wrong characters in your playthrough, you don't get to complete the story of certain characters. And like on one hand, there's a part of me that does look at that and it's like, oh, sure, a, a product of the times. But do you know what other RPGs were out at this time? Yeah, like, I, I looked it up. Trigger. Final Fantasy VI, there's no excuse for them just putting a wall Mm -hmm. in front of that stuff unless there was, like, New Game Plus. But do you know what isn't in Star Ocean? Star Ocean Mm -hmm. First Departure? And Star Ocean First Departure are? Is it it, it New Game Plus? Yeah, it's New Game Plus. There's no New Game Plus. (laughs) It It is inexcusable that two versions into that original game that they don't have that. Also, the pre-drawn backgrounds look like garbage. Uh, Craig, since you brought up the versions, I kind of want to go over a little bit of the differences that I noticed. So like in the original Super Famicom version, in the combat, um, in the versions we played, L does one attack and R does another attack. In the Super Famicom, depending on if you were close or far, you could have two per left or right button. So you had four total. Um, in wait, the, yeah, wait, you mean to tell me that in the, the, by the third iteration of this stupid game, they removed features by the second. So they removed that in the PSP version, which is pretty much what we played. Oh. So by the second, by the time they were done, <laughs> the second rendition of this game, they removed features. I mean, I could see how that would be frustrating, like depending on how enemies react to your movement. So, like, you're wanting to use the close spell, but you end up using your distance spell, which you don't want to use. Things like that. Wait, um, did, tell you, did they tell you the difference? Did they tell you the difference in the game? On, yeah, on so you would, you would select, you would select your short spell. Well, you remember in the combat, like, when you're in combat, it would say where your character is, like, close or far, long yeah, range. I, yeah, but that doesn't. But how do I know the spell is a long range or a short range? You would set it in your settings when you select, like oh. like you're selecting your spell. It would have a short range slot and a long range slot. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but so in this remake version on the PSP, they added the animated cutscenes, which I thought was pretty cool. The voice, new voice casting, um, and that's something that we didn't really touch on on the original. It had voice acting for the Super Famicom. Yeah, which is pretty crazy because they used a special SDD one chip, which had only been in use, used in two games for the 
for the Super Nintendo, do you guys know what other game it was used for? I would guess Star Fox. Uh, it was Street Fighter 2 Alpha. Street mm. Fighter Alpha 2. Yep. Nice. Um, in the PSP version, they added the two new members, Welsh and Eris. Uh, they added the world map and probably the most useful thing they added, the run button. Because in the original, the only time you would run is when something urgent was happening. Happening, and but that's it. Like world map through the dungeons, everything you're walking. Yeah, I was really happy when someone pointed out that you could uh, you could run on the world map. I got way too far in the game before someone pointed that out. And I was like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. So some other things to to touch on as far as the as the game goes is the there are skills that you get. Every oh. every couple of towns that you go to, there is a, a new set of skills that you can buy, and those skills you can raise them up levels one to ten. And as you raise those and use those skills, you unlock new sub skills and all sorts of other stuff. And the most wonderful thing about the skill system is that there is um, little to no explanation on how to use it at all. Oh yeah, not so. If you want to know, like, oh, orchestra helps you have success with all your other abilities you need to go on the internet or hope that you had a guide which is embarrassing like craig said for this being the third iteration of the game there's still no tutorial of like this is how this this works and i say that it's embarrassing because as craig said do you know what other role-playing games were out at this time crow final fantasy 6 every uh, single ff7 came out the next year so it was in development while this game came out yeah, it's, uh, it's it's crazy that they had all these un- these systems that like once you kind of figured out how they worked were actually kind of cool, but there's no way you would have understood how it worked. Even the the weapon crafting, like I thought I had a pretty good handle on it, and I was trying to find out how to make the strongest weapons in the game, and I found out there's actually like a mathematical equation of how this all works. Certain weapons had certain values, same with the different um materials that you could use to customize. And then it would take in your level into consideration and you had to hope that ever, you basically rolled it. It's like rolling a, a, a D100 to find out how well your skills go. And also oh. and there were certain skills that were. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say um, it would that that D100 roll would determine how well something came out. But you could also still there was a chance that you would roll like a zero and your your crap would fail, even if you were a level 10, which is just dumb. Yeah. And some characters had certain talents to make it better, which was strange. Right. And you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily know that they had those talents until you kept going through. It's just it's crazy that there was so much depth to the, the skill system, which should have been fun had it been properly explained. Unfortunately, it wasn't. And so it was just an area of contention and frustration. Yeah, my big issue with the skills is, you know, like you said, on one hand, it's super interesting that there is that large of a system in this 1996 RPG. Uh, but my problem is the fact that there's too much. I I don't really care for, like, crafting in video games that much. It's just mm-hmm. I, I usually just would prefer to, like, fight enemies and have rare drops and stuff. That's just the way I prefer to play. Uh, you know, it's neat that the system is there. but it's frustrating for a few reasons. One is it felt like, okay, well, I need good weapons. Okay, well, they only sell crummy weapons and armor in the shops. In order to get anything decent, you need to craft it yourself in this game. All right, well, let me just get the skills to craft it. Oh, well, in order to craft it, I need, like, alchemy in order to, you know, like, make all have all the, uh, uh, you know, material components for this stuff. Well, all right, well, let me do that. Oh, well, in order to do that well, I need to listen to music. 
all right, well, in order to do that, well, I need money. In order to get money, I need alchemy. And it's just like, yeah, it was. And then also, there's also the chance that you can make an item and you would need to appraise it. So then you need to work on your appraisal skills yeah, because it would show up as a mystery item. It, it was so frustrating because like <sighs> in my head, I was like, well, I don't need to do any of this because it's all optional. It's all extra fluff for the game because they don't bother to explain it. But right. The one thing I will say is uh, I was fairly well leveled throughout the game because mm-hmm. of our rubber rubber band trick in the, you know, uh, later versions of the game. You just rubber band the controller on the world map because it'll automatically go through battles, you know. And yeah, then, your teammates yeah. will automatically fight even if you don't press anything or if you're lucky enough, like I had the split pad pro for switch. So I was able to have uh, rotic attack as well. So battles went by even faster. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, you can just level up like crazy. I think I was level 40 by the time I got to the third town. It's same with me just about. I was pretty close to that. And so I was pretty well leveled. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll just breeze through the rest of the game. But nearing the end of the game, like I started getting my butt kicked and I felt like I was a little over leveled. And I realized, oh, I need better equipment. And it was weird because as soon as I had equipment made, like through the blacksmithing, I jumped through all those hoops. At that point, I was just like, oh, I'm an untouchable killing machine now and nothing can hurt me. All right, cool. That's fine, I guess. And so, yeah, I I just felt like the game wasn't as balanced as I wanted it to be. Uh, You know, you need to know what you're doing with the skills or you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, and I um, I didn't do the the leveling like you guys did. I did mostly training, uh, which is a skill you can develop um as well to to basically it like lowers your effectiveness but raises the experience you get as well as if you use enlightenment that increases the amount of skill points you get so i did that to like boost all my skills up but i didn't get very high level i was not near the level that you were xander when you were in the game but then when i beat the game like everybody was level 100 and i maxed out everybody's skills like 20 Mm -hmm. levels ago uh except for yashua so i could have his be the um music one where i can just summon the highest xp creature to kill to get a whole bunch of experience to power level yeah, I had Ilya locked at level four for her music so I could summon that like golem or that uh, whatever. The, the, it, yeah, the Medusa's eye. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the one thing I regretted not looking up. And that's what I was talking about earlier. If you leave your characters at music four when they play a song called the devil's uh, aria, which you have to learn, which you don't really know how to do it, except unless you play instruments, you just kind of luck into it. Um, it it summons this creature that gives like the most experience excluding the level 10 music level for that, which I, I couldn't even come oh, close I, to I, like putting yeah, a dent into dead. It was doing like 9,099 damage every hit. Um, but yeah, oh, I didn't so do, I. <laughs> I didn't do the, uh, the rubber band either. And the, the train enlightenment definitely helped, uh, to get my characters to a decent level. And Craig, um, the difficulty ramp, towards the end of the game was actually added into the R version. I guess one of the complaints in the original and the PSP version was that the difficulty didn't ramp up as much. So I kind of feel like, I don't know, for me, I felt like the difficulty was fine towards the end. I mean, the final boss, I feel like I just flew through. It was like 
10 seconds and I was done. Mm-hmm. But also um, there are some areas where you're like, wow, this is getting pretty intense. So maybe there was, it wasn't really balanced as well, but they did add that increased difficulty towards the end in this version. I uh, honestly, the, uh, the, one of the things that just, you know, frustrated me about the game were the, at least early on, like, you know, there were the issues with the skills, you know, as, as the game went on and stuff. I, uh, but the, those pre-drawn backgrounds that I had complained about before, uh, I played through this game and I just sort of thought to myself, wow, this is kind of homely. Like this is supposed to be a, an old Super Nintendo game. Like why does this not look very good? Like the dungeons look super bland. You get lost really easy. Uh, like, you know, nothing about the game was very attractive. Some of the sprite art, you know, was fine, of course. Uh, but I looked through a playthrough online of the old Super Nintendo version. And yeah, it's sprite art. So arguably it's a little uh, dated in some regard, but good sprite art is still pretty. And so looking back, I'm like, man, uh, I kind of wish I was playing the original Super Nintendo version because it looks a lot better than the pre-drawn stuff that's in the, the quote unquote better versions of the game. Yeah, trying to find doors in the purgatorium was a pain in the neck. Oh. Like it just everything blended in. You had to really hope that you stumbled across them. Yeah. Um, which, like Craig said, for this being the third version of a game is is kind of inexcusable. Well, maybe um, they'll get it right on the fourth one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, did you guys? Did any of you guys use? Uh, I want to say one more thing about crafting weapons, but I have to ask this question real quick. Did any of you guys use cooking? No. Nope. Me neither. I, I did it just <laughs> to do it. And then I was like, I don't need this. Yeah, I'm fine with eating blueberries and blackberries with my other skill that enhances those to like God healing <laughs> items. <laughs> it's like um, it's like if and Craig hates this ability in D&D Goodberry. It's oh, like Goodberry. <laughs> it, it's like if in D&D you had Goodberry, but then you had a specific stat to increase the effectiveness of, of Goodberry. But then like after every l- increase, it like quadrupled its effectiveness. Yeah, yeah it's crazy like it's supposed to be like 20 percent of your health and by the end it's like 80 yeah. percent every time you eat a blueberry um so the other thing that that i really didn't like about the crafting and it kind of matches with what craig said about how there's not really a, a sense of balance in the game is i looked up guides on how to get the best items you could possibly get and i made those for everybody i went in with the best armor and the best weapon you could use at the at the last boss you know what heals the last boss? The best weapons you can get in the game. <laughs> what what that, weapon was that? Uh, it's I don't Your, remember what it was lightsaber called. Lightsaber upgraded. Yeah, so you get a force sword, which is a lightsaber, and you can upgrade that with a philosopher stone for Roddick, and it becomes something I don't I can't remember the name of the sword. But Roddick just stood in the corner and used items to heal people because if I hit the boss, it would one hit from Roddick would negate three attacks from all of my other <laughs> characters. <laughs> so the final battle should have gone a lot lot faster it should have been 10 seconds like it was for the glitch but for me it was like five to ten minutes because (laughs) Roddick was just standing there like and so i decided to have him run around and like try to to take some of the damage and i had millie in the corner healing my party cs and Ilya are just beating the snot out of this guy and the thing that took the longest was the the uh, boss in, in the in the healers. Their spells would go off, and it's like, oh, uh, here's a here's a Final Fantasy VII summon real quick while I wait for this <laughs> thing to take effect. And meanwhile, again, Roddick is in the corner, a beast of a character, my strongest character in the game, who is useless because I made him strong. 
I, I felt uh, punished for doing what the game wanted me to do that didn't tell me it wanted me to do, but I did it anyway. Good, good job. I uh, I really appreciate that you suffered for me, Xander, because I was uh, uh, I was just getting into blacksmithing and you had posted that in the Discord complaining about that. And I was like, oh, I was just looking at that weapon. And so I made sure that none of my weapons had any elemental affinity uh, just to make sure that they wouldn't heal something that I didn't want them to. And like, you know, on one hand, I, I get that, you know, you put that in your game for strategy's sake. But why would that be the final boss? Yeah, and it wasn't just the final boss. There were a handful of enemies in the final area that would get healed by it as well and or wouldn't be affected at all. I was doing there were certain enemies in the last dungeon that none of my characters could damage real quick. Just straight up zero every time I hit them. And so I was like, I'm going to run from these battles before glitch pops in here because i know he wants to say something it, it's funny because they give you that weapon to use in the final boss so then if you have yes they do it, <laughs> it, it, it him. sorry glitch no no you're good i i so i ended up crafting a, a sword for uh Roddick called the soul eater which would mm-hmm. every time i inflicted damage on someone it would give me like 50 percent health back to me so i never needed to be healed and it did ha- have elemental so like anytime i would go to melee someone and it would heal them Anytime I use Dragon Roar, it seemed like it didn't heal them. So I would just like swap between the two in that final area. And for some reason, I was able to get through it that way. But I remember looking at the Force Sword. Force Sword? Is that what it was called? The lightsaber? And I was like, yeah, it adds like 50 plus damage, but this one heals me. I'm going to keep this one. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I looked it up. Again, I was following the guide, so I I knew that well in advance. But uh, like an advance of when I got to it, not when you experienced it, Xander. Um, and I had made the soul eater like the glitch did. And it started healing guys throughout the game. I'm like, this is dumb. I'm like, <laughs> oh, what? A, I'm going to look for like what the best weapon is. And then look, what's the second best weapon. And the second best weapon is a non elemental weapon. I'm like, perfect. This works great. I'll just give it to Roddick and I don't have to worry about anything. And then, yeah, that weapon would, did million times better than the best weapon because there was not much of a difference. And because he was just over leveled, it was 9,099 hit every time. And it just like ate everybody. That sword is called the Sylvans, by the way, when you combine a four sword with the philosopher's stone, you get a Sylvans and that's the one that healed the final boss. Yeah. I use the duelist sword, um, which ended up being the, the, the best option. I think, um, so I pulled up some things for the reception. It looked like in general between both the original and the PSP versions, they were given like seven, seven and a half. IGN gave it a 7.4. Game Informer gave it a seven out of 10. Um, they ended up making seven games in the series. So there's the original second story, Blue Sphere, Till the End of Time, The Last Hope, Integrity and Faithfulness, and Anonymous. Anonymous. Anonymous? Yeah. And uh Sure. Sure. Uh Blue Sphere is the only one that we haven't gotten yet in the in North America out of the entire series. Uh oh. the Super Famicom sold two hundred and thirty five thousand copies, whereas the PSP sold six fifty. And they ended up doing, I guess, a um manga adaptation of uh Star Ocean. I don't know, I was blanking on the word Star Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was called Star Ocean and then the Reaches of Time. The manga called uh, 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 something about uh, I don't know. Star it, Trek. It, 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 involved, 
in the um, yeah, Star Ocean, the next generation. <laughs> a new hope. So you brought up reception. I kind of want to go real quick. Uh, I'll I'll throw out my thoughts first, and then we'll go Craig, Glitch, and Chops. Let's, uh, let's just give a quick, without diving too much into it, without getting super into specifics, I feel like we've already kind of done that a little bit. Uh, what are your, your takeaways of this game? What are your thoughts on this game? Um, again, I, I, I will start. I feel like the story was interesting, the battle system was was boring. The skills were interesting but mismanaged, uh, and it's just it's, it's embarrassing that it's a third version of a game and still felt worse than what could have been the first version. I overall did not enjoy my time playing Star Ocean. Uh, I mean, I'm glad I I'm glad I played it. It was fun to play with the community, but it's not something I I'm looking back on like saying, oh, I want to play this again for these other characters. It's something I'm like, I'm gonna delete this from my Switch and be happy about it. Craig, how about you? So happy I played it. Just so happy I played it. Got to experience this game. So happy I played it. That's, yeah. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> is spot on. I, uh, uh, I just, I, I, I'm, I am glad I played it, but it's it's actually i was expecting a lot better because the mm-hmm. Star ocean series is is a really big series and the moment i saw the gameplay the battles i was like oh no this isn't what i'm into and i was like well yasha was pretty let's just see how this game goes how about you glitch uh so i like the idea of the skill points i guess i wish it was more combat based instead of all this other junk that they don't explain in the game i think if they explained it better i would have appreciated that more my biggest issue with this game was the combat with the auto targeting because anytime i would auto target it would either run me all the way across the map to an enemy that was like running away while like three other enemies were beating up one of my teammates and i wanted to save them like it didn't pick like the closest person it always picked like an inconvenient person for some reason um i do like the characters the fact that you can choose different characters throughout the story it kind of makes me want to play the game again to kind of do the ashua storyline because there is two different versions of that which seems like you know the the right way to play the game but uh at the same time it just didn't interest me enough so yeah i don't know it uh i don't know if i'll play it again yeah the the suffering you would have to go through to get all those all those character stories doesn't feel worth it and i'm i i wonder if the later games in the series get better and make that maybe that's why the star ocean series is is beloved but the first entry man the first departure should have been the last uh chops what's uh what are your thoughts uh as it's my fault that all of you played this game um I'm not upset that some of you did not have a good time. <laughs> um, I think, you know, some of you deserve it. And, um, but <laughs> I, I enjoyed the game. I just felt like it, it, it teased me. It, it started with like really cool ideas and aspects, but then never delivered on a, a lot mm-hmm. of them. And it left me wanting more out of almost every aspect in the game. Music wise, sound effect wise, combat skills story development it all started from a good place but then never reached where i wanted it to be so i don't i don't think i'll ever play this game again i got the storyline i wanted i read through the guide millions of times um 
So like, it, I think it's a game someone could play, but I don't feel like I feel like any other game that you have on your to play list will probably be more fulfilling than this game. Um, so unless you're looking f- for completing the series, then I don't see many people wanting. I, I wouldn't recommend many people to pick this up. Yeah, if this is your first Star Ocean game, then it's that's you'll you'll probably have a similar experience to us. We're like, uh, I'm probably not going to invest in the others unless the battle system really spoke to you and you really dug that. Yeah, the, um, I, the PS2 one, I think, was a lot better from what I remember. But again, I'm working off of my memory, which, you know, is not trustworthy. Right. I got Greg, say, what do you got? Uh, it was pretty cathartic to dunk on this game, uh, though I do feel bad because a lot of people <laughs> really enjoy it. Uh, but uh, Xander, uh, we played this with our community. Uh, we did. You happen to have a list of uh, uh, some of our people who had uh, played it, and maybe they had a few things to say. Yeah, for sure. So I did want to shout out the community that that played it. So this is a, a list of people in our Discord who uh, who let us know that they were playing. And if you follow us on our social media, you saw a picture. What we're we're trying to do with our community plays is is just kind of post everybody with the game if they're playing it on their Switch or or what have you. Uh, so joining us this time around, obviously you had myself, Chops, Craig, and the Glitch, but we also had uh, Bubba Burgess, Escape Soul, Level Easy, Metric on Stage, Neon Genesis, P Rex. Pool of Visions, EA Spuds, Player One Miggy, Johnny Riot, Sphinx, and Miss Bizzles. So, um, and I actually reached out to our Discord community to uh, to jump in and give their two cents on the game as well. Uh, so we'll we'll jump through that. If you're already in our Discord, sorry that you're re- you're hearing us this read out loud to you. But if you're not, maybe check us out on Discord. Play with us on the next game. Uh, so Johnny Riot said it looks like they took every fantasy trope they could and squeezed it into a game and somehow it worked a game that gives you entirely too much to do and somehow found a balance in how it presented it all but that combat woof uh, Pool of Vision said uh, the game deceived me in the beginning to think there would be a lot more different planets uh, which I 100% agree with Magic on stage said I think the game is well paced the remake anyway I like all the branching paths depending on your choices of who's in your party it's not or it's hard not to think that if this had come into the US in the 90s that we w- we wouldn't have played it over and over again to see all the different options. Uh, let's see who else do we have? Bubba Burgess uh, has a couple bullet points which we we totally appreciate. Uh, he said the game's best features is its characters. He loved the relationships and how they grew and the personal actions were a lot of fun. We didn't put touch on personal actions. That's another thing I wish would have been explained. Um the story is okay. It's fine as a skeletal flame framework, but the pacing is weird. And the last couple hours really kind of jumped the shark and left me wondering where it all came from. I 100% agree with that. I thought um, when you, when you beat the demon Lord or whatever he was, I thought, wow, that's kind of a lame ending. I hope that's not it. And then it wasn't it. And I was like, man, I wish that lame ending was it. I'm kind of want to be done with this game. <laughs> Good. You had something. Oh, no, I, this is after you're all set. You, oh, fair was enough. that all of it? Um, no, he's got two more points and then sure. uh, then we'll we'll jump back to us real quick. Uh, the towns and the character designs were quite pretty and enjoyable. The overworld and dungeons got boring and repetitive and has way too many random encounters. Yes, they did. Oh, holy crap. Uh, the music's okay, but does the bare minimum to enhance the experience. And lastly, while interesting, the skill system is too complex and not explained well. Some skills seem to be completely useless, while others are absolutely necessary. He touched on something that I totally forgot to bring up is the music and the voice acting. I wanted to listen to this game's music so much, but the voice acting in the remake that we played was God awful. Oh yeah. It was repetitive and it just ruined my experience. 
So uh, that should have been in my final thoughts earlier, but we still have to touch on the music and good Lord, it's already 53 minutes long. So uh, that's all I had here. Glitch, what did you have? Yeah, I was going to say we're running super long. Uh, Craig, uh, not Craig, Chops, did you have any speedrunning stuff? Uh, no, I did not look that up. <laughs> okay. Okay, I will edit this part out. <laughs> no, it's fine. I think I, I did look it up if you want me to go over some of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, go for it. All right, so on the Super Famicom version, uh, Yozakura Ken uh, beat this game in 2 hours, 18 minutes, and 21 seconds. Um, and, oh, I'm sorry. No, that was the PSP version. I didn't look up the Super Famicom. So uh, he mostly just runs away from enemies from the start. When he uh, when he get, gets com- uh, company like cyrus or fia he just steals their weapons pretty much after before they leave and uses them he does the portsmouth skip where you can skip the pirate cave by spending 21 days in the end or whatever it was um and then he does the music for devil aria spell to get that medusa's eye and he uses something called XP cards, which is something you can craft, which gives you like a 60% boost in your XP each time you do a battle. So by the time he was like done doing that in like an hour into the run, Roddick was already at like level 91. Wow. So he just pretty much got his way through the story and got to the end of the game after that point. And he used the Swords of Marvels as his final weapon for Roddick. So, I mean, basically power level and force your way through is how you beat the game. Pretty much it. Looks like I left out uh, Pool Vision said he's been trying not to be harsh in uh, in his review of the game because of when it was made. But he liked uh, he liked the storytelling through the personal actions and that most of us didn't have the same events happen. He liked doing the skills because you can spec out people how you want. The crafting was overwhelming, but back then it was all about writing things down. So he's, he's definitely not wrong. I can imagine it would have been fascinating to be like, oh, this is how this works, like writing my own little guide and stuff. But in the, the third iteration of a game, it, it all should have been explained. Yeah, yeah. It just needed a, a touch more uh, tutorial, which is awful to say. It feels bad saying that. Yeah, as, as people, as as retro gamers, like we're like, oh, too many tutorials in games these days. This one just didn't have any. And there was so much that would have just enhanced the game. So but, uh, like we mentioned, we've been talking about this for 50 minutes and we haven't even talked about the music yet. Craig, uh, we're going to listen to a quick word from one of our partners. And then will you take us through the music of this game? Indeed. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! Oh. The music was composed by Motoi Sakuraba, who also worked on quite a lot of games. Uh, Beyond the Beyond, Tales of Fantasia, Shining Force 3, the Dark Souls series, as well as tons of other Star Ocean and Tales games. Uh, uh, Sakuraba had been working on the series, uh, or working in video games, I should say, before getting to this series, uh, for a bit, he had been working throughout the, like the early 90s, 
Uh, and I feel like the soundtrack is pretty good. It's uh, it's certainly not revolutionary, but it's impressive to know he got his start at games like this and then eventually, you know, moved on to, to giant franchises like Dark Souls and stuff. Yeah, the music that I heard, I enjoyed. It was just when the, the very repetitive voice acting came up that I was... I, the, in the latter half of the game, it was it was almost unplayable with the volume on because when you go into battle, every time one of your characters uses one of their abilities, they have to scream out what they're what they're using like it's a fighting game. And uh, it just it was overwhelming and there's no way to turn it off, unfortunately. But we did manage to find a couple tracks that we liked. Uh, Craig, you have uh, our first pick today. You want to tell us uh, what it is and where it is in the game? Yeah, so uh, I, of course, chose a uh, battle theme. Uh, It's a a song called Tense Atmosphere. Uh, Let's go ahead and give it a listen. This was just a standard battle theme, Craig. I, uh, you know what? To be perfectly honest with you, uh, I don't. You, you turn the volume off as well because of the voice acting. <laughs> yeah, it, the voice acting, like it, it's almost unrecognizable. That's, I mean, we're I'm, we're also playing the Super Nintendo version, which is different than than what we uh, what we played on the on the Switch. But most of the songs are are pretty pretty similar. Yeah, I uh, I will say though, I do think I prefer the Super Nintendo. Uh, soundtrack over the the remake soundtrack mm-hmm. yeah there's there's i mean there's certain tracks that i listen to both versions and i go oh, there, there was a, a little bit of uh, more of a flair they were able to put there but ultimately i did like the the snes versions of the songs better in most cases um the song that i chose is called innocence and it's the the town theme that uh, played for most of the towns towards the beginning of the game so let's uh, let's take a listen to that real quick
it's just a, a charming little town theme that I, I just really enjoyed that. Yeah, it I like popped that up in, in multiple towns. It was it was it was a nice break from uh, from overused voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Glitch, you chose a, a song from the PSP version. Which uh, song is this? Yeah, I choose uh, "Purge Thyself," and it's in the Purgatorium, which you you visit a couple times. Spoiler: I don't know if we did we mention spoilers. Uh, I think we. I mean, who knows? The game's twenty five years old now so i'm sure spoilers uh, are yeah spoilers. Implied. we all played it right uh, Didn't we? yeah 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 uh but yeah so <laughs> I, Purgatorium, I, I i really like this song it seemed different uh than the rest of them and i so yeah cool let's take a listen a really spooky song yeah I, I like it it's very atmospheric it's oh, yeah. uh i like how it's kind of beautiful but like also sort of creepy at the same time uh it's an interesting song mm-hmm. uh less creepy more beautiful but yeah <laughs> fair enough well we are running very long on this episode <laughs> and we still have to talk about retro relapse and our uh bracket matchup so do you guys have any last parting thoughts about star ocean before we move on i uh, I think it's worth playing. It's worth experiencing for yourself, but it's not an RPG that I was super gung ho about anyway. And then, yeah, it just didn't exactly live up to what I wanted. I will say one benefit from this whole experience is the fact that we got to do this as a community. So definitely mm-hmm. if you you know haven't joined our discord, do so already go to gamesillamedia.com. You can find the Discord link there, and we do these. You know, it seems like this is going to be a regular thing. We're going to vote on a game. We're going to play it together. Our next one is Breath of Fire 3 for the PlayStation. So, you know, if you're interested in that, jump in. It's never too late to join, and then that way you can keep going and playing games with us. Yeah, I would say if if you haven't played Star Ocean yet and you would like to give it a try, uh, just don't go in with very high expectations. I'm sure. I mean, I just when I heard Star Ocean and I saw this was the third time the game had been released, I thought, man, this is going to be a really special experience. And uh, just, I think I just had my hopes up too high for it.
Hey everybody, Xander here. At this point in the recording, we lost chops. We didn't realize this until about 30 minutes later when we finished recording. We tried a new platform to record this episode, and for whatever reason, chops recording was cut short. So to save it from all the awkward silences where chops would have no doubt said something stupid, I'm here to bring you the rest of the content from this episode, mainly our Robot Master theme matchup for the week. This week's matchup starts off with Anchor's theme from Mega Man Dr. Wily's Revenge for the Game Boy. And while Anchor isn't a traditional robot master, but rather a Mega Man killer, the High Council of the Bracket Draft said they would allow it since you do still fight Anchor and get a power from him as you would any other robot master. Anchor's theme was composed by Makoto Tomozawa and is a real standout track for the Game Boy series of Mega Man games. up against Anchor is Splash Woman's Theme from Mega Man 9, which was composed by Ippo Yamada, Ryo Kawakama, Yu Shimoda, and Hiroki Isogai. Another non-traditional robot master as Splash Woman is the only female master to appear in the series thus far. Let's take a listen.
You can cast your vote for your favorite Robot Master theme four different times by checking out our Facebook page, our Twitter at Legend of Retro GZ, and by our weekly emoji polls in our Discord. You can get an additional vote by becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia. For just $1 a month, you get access to a special Discord channel on our server, the bonus State of the Zilla podcast each month, and perhaps most importantly, an additional vote in the Legend of Retro music bracket. If you feel like supporting us even more, you can choose to give $5 a month to get everything I already mentioned and access to the monthly bonus shows from the Legend of Retro and all the other shows on the GameZilla Media Network. And with that, I'd like to thank you all for listening to this week's episode and give a special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. As the glitch mentioned earlier in this episode, we are currently doing a community playthrough of Breath of Fire 3. If you'd like to get in on the fun, make sure to join our Discord at GameZillaMedia.com and find our Discord link on the main page. And since I'm the only one on this episode now, I'd like to say a few things. Number one, thanks again for listening. Number two, Craig smells. And three, we'll catch you next time when the legend continues. Thank you.